Grant Keithy is done for the season, but what does that mean for this Utah Utes offense going forward? Also, what does the tape tell us about the Utes in their victory over Arizona State? We're talking about on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We do greatly appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So on today's show, guys, we're going to be going over Brant Keithy's injury, every the fallout of that, what it means for this Utah offense, who's going to step and replace him, as well as talking about some of the things that the tape told us from the Arizona State game. But do want to start with a very specific thing first that hits close to home for all Utah fans. And in order to do that, I want to bring on friend of the show, Brian Brown as well. Brian, appreciate you joining us as you often do. And today is the, when we are recording, you guys will hear this on Tuesday, so it will be the day before, but we're recording today on the anniversary of Aaron Lowe's passing. And it's just one one of those days that just hits you like man it's been a year it's been there's so much that happens there and just when i think of aaron and just the, what's happened the push for 22 percent as well ty jordan as well just i just think about how precious life is as well as just i'm reminded as well just to kind of keep going and push forward like i just the motto of 22 percent get better each and every day that's what those guys stro- strive to do so that's what i always strive to do and strive to do in the things i attempt as well because you just think about like i said how precious life is as well and just guys who just gave it all and were such lights in the world honestly that it was such a hard thing to have them not here anymore with this utah program so today is always a a somber day as it's going to be for years going forward as well but it just is one of those things as well that all the prayers out to his family as well and we miss both those guys deeply definitely and and i think you know i had i had the unique unique experience um i don't know if there's a better way to describe it of, of covering both his and Ty's passing here on the podcast. Um, you know, and, and we were talking before the show that Sunday morning I woke up and the first thought almost like instinct to just taking over is just don't check your phone. Um, because we were talking about <clears throat> where we were when we found out the news, you know. Um, and and both times I'd woken up to you know, multiple texts on my phone and it's it, maybe it's a bad habit. I like to sleep in on Sundays. I'm, I'm not going to hide that from anybody. You know, you and I spent a lot of time out Friday nights. I was out Thursday night, you know, and, and, and Saturdays are always late, long days, especially when you're covering Utah football. But, um, you know, I, I, that's a feeling that I'll never forget. Um, and, and Ty was one thing because Ty was special, but I never got to meet Ty. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron was the one that I watched his recruiting from afar, knew how much, knew how dedicated he was to being a Ute. And, and the bigger thing was seeing him at practice <clears throat> and wanting to get to talk to him and wanting to get to know him and wanting to connect with him and, and, and just having that removed. And you talk about, you know, I, people say live every day, like it's your last, you just can't do that in life. But what exactly. you can do is, is use those memories and, and those experiences to do, you know, do like the university has, has kind of embraced and, and 22% better every single day. And and I think this, the trajectory of this program, of this school, this institution will be forever, you know, altered because of it. But I think there's some true blessings and silver linings that have come and you never want to see someone lose their life over that kind of thing. But 
Uh, I just, I appreciate so much what the Lowe family and, yes. and, and the Jordan family have done, you know, to, to embrace the university and their appreciation for b- both the outreach of the fans, but also the institution and everything like that. And it's just, you know, you said the word somber. I think that's a perfect encapsulation of, of just the feeling and the mood because you miss those players. And, and it reminds me of, you know, teammates I've lost and, and, and things of that nature too. So it's just, it's one of those days that you don't always, <laughs> you don't love necessarily, but there's a purpose to it. Yeah. And there's things like the moment of loudness have become such a special tradition for Rice Eccles. And you know, those guys, they may be gone, but they will never be forgotten. So it is great to see the steps the university is taking, embracing those families as well. You mentioned the Jordan and Lowe family. So just something to always remember that getting that 22% better every day, moving forward, taking that mindset as well as remembering what those guys stood for and trying to set an example as well. That would make those guys prouder, happy in a way as well. So always remember what those guys did for this program as well. And just moving forward for this Utah team, you know, will always they'll always be a part of the family which is something really cool and shifting off the this news which is never easy to do but shifting onto the field utah got the news today was broken that brant keithy will be missing the remainder of the regular season he's out for the season it's a lower leg injury coach winningham didn't want to specify (laughs) but yeah just just didn't want to give us much in regards to what it is but you know initially said it's a leg injury and then said lower leg oh great yeah (laughs) thank you very um, informative yeah yeah, we're going to focus on later how utah goes about replacing him but just looking at what utah loses in keithy i mean you lose arguably your best weapon in this in this offense in general honestly you i know tavion thomas is incredible but you just look at what keithy does on the outside too keithy was the best player for this utah team against florida earlier in the season you just look at the mismatch that he is at tight end his ability to get open on the outside and he draws the defenses in i think a lot of teams i look maybe they circle dalton first i think a lot of them circle kincaid first honestly when they're trying to game plan for utah's weapons on the outside so you lose someone that you know is reliable has strong hands and i mean keithy was tracking towards his best season as a U yet i mean i really think he was heading for more than 600 yards i think that was his previous pass was in that 600 but 700 800 i think was definitely on the table and he was only going to continue to get better and put that out there so feel utah lost one of their best players on offense lost a guy who's reliable capable of getting open stretching the field phenomenal hands a, a much improved blocker as well i felt like every year he got better at blocking too so just someone who understood what it took to be a tight end for this team as well and i, I will talk about this in another day but i feel bad for how it could affect his draft stock as well depending on how teams view that injury going forward but Brian, what what are what are the Utes losing in Keithy? Uh, production, I think, is the biggest thing, and, and you made a good point with all that stuff. JT is that he's probably he. Mm, it's hard because I think it's Utah fans are dying for that thousand yard receiver, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the offense has always been proficient. It's just you know, what can you hang your hat on? And I think that that was he was kind of the. Uh, um, the prince who was promised in that regard this year, or maybe it was going to be Devon Vele. It, it, it just kind of depends. This is not a program where they're about putting stats together for guys or, or trying to put together campaigns or, or running an offense based off of that kind of thing. So there was no guarantee that he was going to get to that or, or any other sort of benchmark. But I think you talk about, you know, it's interesting. I did, I, I did an interview with Thomas Yasmin, who's, who's more than likely going to step into that role in the spring and, and he talked about his biggest goal was consistency. And I think a lot of that is, has to do with just the the performance of Dalton and, and Brandt in their roles. And they're an incredibly consistent and they're incredibly good at what they do. And so I think you just miss a lot of that, you know, and we were talking about our review of the film and, and just, you know, I kind of saw the same things. There's just a lot of inconsistent play from a lot of different positions out there, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. And so you can see what you lose with that. 
However, <clears throat> it is a next man up mentality. The other thing too is is I feel like sometimes when offenses get a little too vanilla, a little too plain, that consistency gets hard because you don't feel challenged. And so you start to check out mentally. And so I think that's going to help the offense in some respects because Utah is going to have to diversify personnel. You're not going to be able to just roll with 12 every single series and every single down. So the la- the, the bigger thing is just you you hurt for Brandt. I mean, that's the yes. biggest thing. So, you know, you wish him the best. Hope he gets to that rehab quickly. Hope he's able to maybe get a combine invite and showcase that, you know, like it's healing, I think. You know, Julian Blackman's a great example of how your yes. play can also, you know, dictate that you're still a, a viable option. And yeah, I, <laughs> boy, man, it's real hard to doubt a Utah player coming out these days, especially with the way that Devin Lloyd's playing in the NFL. Oh my gosh, Julian Blackman, Jalen Johnson. I mean, there's just a list of dudes that are balling out. So you have to think that he's going to at least get an opportunity. Just it'll be different than the one that he was probably going to get if he was going to finish the season. Julian is a great example because that is mm. someone in a redraft 10 out of 10 times goes higher, maybe even in the first round. I'd have to really yeah. look at that draft to see, but I do believe he'd go there as well. So all the best yeah. of luck to Brant in his rehab as well. It's going to be a guy this Utah offense desperately misses. So who does the burden fall onto now, or is it burdens as multiple people will try to take it on fall to now mm. for this Utah offense. We're going to talk about the specific players who will have to step up in just a second, but first I want to tell you guys about upside from cringing at the pump to getting an eye popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is is an cre- incredible app for anyone who buys gas groceries or dines out. With every purchase, I'm running cash back thanks to Upside. Guys, Upside is super easy to download and use as well, so you can get on there, start earning cash back today. Make sure you guys get Upside. To, to get started, download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer from where whatever you're buying on upside check in at the businesses and pay as usual with credit or debit card and get paid upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week that's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on apple store so download the free upside app and use promo code locked to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more that's five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more using promo code lock so make sure you guys head over to your app store and look in at upside today Brian, jumping back in here. Look, Brant Keithy was on the season. He was Utah's second leader in receiving yardage up to this point. Not surprising. It's been the tight ends. That's another thing, of course, Utah now loses in this is, you know, we were saying, obviously, Utah has the best tight. We're arguing Utah is the best tight end duo in the pack in the nation. Honestly, you can't argue that anymore now with Brant gone. So you lose someone there. But Dawson Kincaid leads his team in yards. But Keithy was second. You're losing the guy who had 19 receptions for 206 yards. He had three touchdowns on the year and was averaging 10.8 yards per catch as well. And even showed off that ability, as we said, just to come up crucial on a guy that can trusted so when you lose him you look at okay so who's going to step up and the biggest names that come to mind to me is thomas yasmin as well as i'm excited to see more logan kendall and i'll say this about logan kendall to me logan kendall can do a lot of things that cole fotheringham did last year in terms of i think logan kendall is an outstanding blocker i just watch him out there the very first play of the arizona state game he went out there and got 
embodied into the pancake platoon, Brian. I don't know if you saw that as well, but he laid the wood right away, getting a pancake there. So I, I also, I mean, how about Yasmin? I mean, oh my gosh, what a yeah. catch and run, just throwing dudes out of the way. I was watching that game. I woke my mom up because I yelled so loudly after Yasmin's <laughs> just throwing dudes all over the place. Just something fun to watch him get to work. So first focusing just on the tight end aspect of this, because I do think receivers are going to be able to pick up the slack as well without Keithy, but I do think Utah still has a really good tight end room. And by the end of the season, we could still be saying they have the best tight end room in the Pac-12, even without Branky. Definitely. And I think there's a lot of good talent in that room that just needs some time to develop. And I think that's the biggest thing that's limited uh, Thomas Yaspin from really exploding onto the scene is he just hasn't gotten the reps. You know, he's not getting the reps in practice. He's not getting the reps in the game because you're playing behind Brand Keithy and, and Dalton Kincaid. And before that, you were playing behind Cole Fotheringham. And those are some of the best tight ends that have been through this conference. You know, Cole Fotheringham is playing for the Raiders. Like, yes. like he's, <laughs> he was the forgotten guy in, in that room last year, and, and he's out there getting snaps for an NFL team. So he must have been pretty good. And, and the bigger thing is just the consistency that you get from Dalton and Brandt in the run game, their ability to be that inline tight end, inline move, however you want to call it, right? Utah calls it inline. I call it a move. I think moves the more like broad terminology. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Thomas, you notice he, played a lot of the U-back position where he was one by one with with Dalton. And, and I think that's because Dalton is just the more experienced player, the better blocker. And so he'll have another week where he'll get all the reps to develop. But I think the interesting part that you mentioned with Kendall is it, it, the biggest thing is him, with him has just been consistency as well, right? New system, new plays, a lot of new stuff to learn, a lot of new technique and, and that kind of thing that you maybe aren't used to because you've just been so physical at your previous stop and, and you were able to just manhandle people before. And then, and, and, you know, I talked to the Rhino in, in the, in the fall and, and <clears throat> excuse me, you know, he, he is the kind of guy where he's just, he just wants to be physical and dominate, you know, and, and you love that kind of mentality, especially out of a guy who can be that hybrid fullback tight end type character, but there's just plenty of talent in this room. But I think the bigger thing is another thing to point out, Thomas asked me in six, five, two fifty, And he's also a four, five, 40 guy. So like it's all there. Like if you're looking for the best athlete in the tight end room, it was mm-hmm. Thomas Yasmin. Like like that's who it's been for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so now he's going to get some reps, and 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 you can see what he did playing with confidence in that Arizona State game. Now all of a sudden you feel better when you're going into practice, like because you put it out on tape. I did that in game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and it just it doesn't like it doesn't like it's like you and me doing reps here on Locked On Youth, yeah. right? Like the first few months, it's just like. Ugh. Yeah, (laughs) that's tough, you know, and then like by the time you get six months in, you're just rolling these things out in your sleep, which Mm -hmm. people are listening like, yep, I remember that episode when Brian fell asleep. But um, (laughs) that's just the reality. No way. (laughs) <laughs> no way I'm you never know what happens on lockdown you actually yeah there have been a few nights where it was a little late where i was just like mm, but, yeah. but um that was before youtube thankfully i figured yeah yeah but but that's not the bigger question to me okay um you know i think you may be a little too young for this the ewing theory okay. where like a team can actually be better without its best player i think the bigger that's question to me is is what does utah do in terms of personnel to replace mm-hmm. the production. We know they're going to do a lot of 12 personnel, which is, you know, one back, two tight ends. But what do they do to, to replace Keithy when he's split out and, and, and you know, things like that? Do they maybe bring in a little bit more of the four f- actual four wide receivers when they're on their four wide receiver sets? You know, do they modify things a little bit more to get Cam outside of just looking at the tight ends all the time? 
That's the more intriguing question to me. I look back. You brought that up, and this is what I thought of right away. I look back. I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan. I thought back to Dalvin Cook and uh, Sam Bradford. I almost blanked on his name, but he had a pretty forgettable NFL career. So you can let me charge for <laughs> Which that. is surprising because everybody who talks about him says oh he was a really gosh. great quarterback. But well, like, Oklahoma lit it up. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Anyways, sidetracked. Yeah. The Viking season that year, Case Keenum came in, and then you get Latavius Murray as well as some of the other guys. And they just, that offense just improved because those other guys were forced into positions where they had to be relied upon more and really had to step up. And that's what they were able to do in that situation. I think for this Utah team, you mentioned it. That's what a lot of players are going to have the opportunity to do now as well. And I'm really excited to see guys like Money Parks get more opportunities because of this, because I think we will see more three receiver sets from the Utes. And that was something Coach Whittingham has talked about before how 90% of the time it's Solomon Enos and just Devon Vele out there. Well, now your four best pass catchers doesn't include, and look, Yasmin might grow into that, but right now I do trust Money Parks, I think, up to this point to be able to make some more plays in the passing game. So now your best four pass catchers includes three wide receivers instead of two receivers, two tight ends. So we will see more of those receivers. I'm excited to see guys like Jalen Dixon, see if they can do a little bit more because he's been so electric in the sweep game as well and just flying around out there using his wheels. Love to see him get a couple opportunities deep as he's been able to do so in the past as well. And Makai Cope is a guy that, look, I know he just made the one highlight catch in spring ball as well, but I just think he's the kind of guy to not give him an opportunities in some game. And he got a couple snaps versus Arizona state as well, that I think he's going to be able to haul in some balls as well. So I really think we're going to see money parks have a, some pretty big catches coming up. And even his, he had one catch. It was a massive one. The 19 yarder mm-hmm. his third and long. He ran that comeback route perfectly and made a great catch on the ball. And those are the kind of things as you talked about as well with Thomas Yasmin, those give him the confidence moving forward as well. Yeah. Well, and, 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 I like the way that Yasmin did it, right? Big time yes. yak. And and Utah's really it. lacked for explosive plays um, this season, which is kind of bizarre because it's, it's – well, That was been, all the hype coming in. Yeah, and, and that really was kind of been their bread and butter. And, I mean, for example, it, against uh, – Even explosive runs haven't been there. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, well, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of the longest rushing touchdown of the season. I don't think it's more than 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I haven't done enough research into it yet, but like, you know, the, the areas where I think you might miss brand. So I think we saw it a little bit on Saturday, right? The red zone where he yes. is so dominant, both as a blocker, but also as a weapon. And I think that's an area where you're going to have to get a little bit more creative. Right. But also if you're able to stretch the field with money parks, that's a good thing. You know, I agree with you hundred percent on that one. Sydney Bannister is another one that like could be an interesting prospect. A lot of potential. Yeah, and and Maneer McLean, there are guys on this roster that just aren't as reliable as Brandt. Now you're going to have to use them. And we've seen in years past, Utah is just such a uh, disciplined program, right, where you have to buy in. You have to do this. You have to do that. But as you give guys an opportunity, they kind of, like, explode. And, and you know, uh, there's a lot of guys on this roster that, that, that we could talk about, I think, in terms of um, you know uh, wide receiver-ish positions that I think could really – provide some spark to this offense and it's kind of weird to say you know i'm looking at the stats right now just in cumulative they had 465 total yards against arizona state and scored 34 points you gotta you kind of think to yourself like spark what spark well 66 percent from completion is not like elite in my in my opinion they have 13.7 mm-hmm. yards per completion i expect that number to be closer to 15 16 sometimes even 18 and the bigger, more interesting number to me that's starting to emerge is the run pass ratio, where we're forty-five to twenty-nine. So you're you're almost, you're well, you're not almost. You're sixteen plays more run plays, so you're severely more heavy in the run game. And look, it was fine because Utah got away, you know, <clears throat> got a got a big lead and just held on to it. But you know, four point six yards per rush, 
That's plenty of good rushing yards. But like you said, they're just not exploding to it. And so if you can find ways to open up the lid of that offense a little bit, I think that's a good thing. And it's just, you just don't want to do it by losing Brand Keithy, right? That's what does suck and makes it so difficult to handle. I think the last thing we'll throw on here as well, and I mentioned a couple of these guys in passing a little bit. We talked about more of the depth guys, but the last two weeks, Devon Vele, career high in touchdowns, and this last week had the season high in reception as well. I think he's a guy who's just going to continue to grow. We heard all year coming in, he was Cam's guy during training camp. But then what happened? You got back in that game action. We were just talking about how different games are from practices. It's just couldn't, it basically couldn't be more different, honestly, in terms of what happened. So when those things, when stuff hits the fan, basically what happens from there then is you go back to trusting your guys, and his guys have been Dalton Kincaid and Brant Keithy. And you can see starting to build those trusts with those other guys a little bit as well. And I really feel like Devon now is in a position where look Dalton may lead this team in yards I feel like we are going to see that I feel even stronger now than I did going into this after the first few games I wasn't sure if we we're going to see Devon really break out like we expected him to but I really think now as him and Cam kind of continue to grow their connection and that trust I think Devon is going to end up having a really big season now as well yeah I, I think Devon's a guy that you look at I think Jalen Dixon's a guy that you look at I think Taekwon Gilmore you Ooh, know yes. it, it he's played in three games already this year so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see as he yeah, and I, I can't remember if he's got a red shirt of, available or not. That's one of those things that um, <clears throat> I've not done a good job. Fun fact, of. by the way, Coach Whittingham did bring that up, that Keithy does have a red shirt. I, look, he almost flirted with the yeah. NFL. I don't think he's going to use it, but just want to say, if he doesn't get the feedback he wants to, there is at least a less than 1% chance probably, but there's the slimmest of chances he could still decide to come back to Utah. And look, he's still probably like five years younger than Britton Covey was when he got drafted yeah. by the Eagles. So like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, maybe yeah. you sit out a year and come back and be a punt returner mm-hmm. and try your hand at quarterback. It, it doesn't matter. Like I, I think Brant has put enough and we talked about this. I think he's put enough out there in, in terms of his ability to be in the slot where he's a Thielen, Cooper Cup, bigger target, but he's got still got that versatility and he's done it against a team that has legit athletes in Florida. So I think, yes. you know, as, as in terms of a prospect, I think it's still there. And, and, you know, Utah is becoming this this institution where it's just it doesn't really matter. You know, we talked about Julian talked Blackman, about uh-huh. Jalen Johnson, yeah, Jalen Johnson, and and everybody kind of was like mm, Jacksonville, Devin Lloyd, blah blah blah, and now all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, Devin Lloyd, yeah. Defensive Player of the Year or Defensive Rookie of the Year, maybe. What a great pick! Surprise, he can drop in the coverage. It's just like, do, do people not watch tape on this guy? Uh, like, I like I don't, say. I don't know. You so, saw anyways, I missed him in the Florida game. Oh, dude. And, and and I don't think, you know, I, it's funny. I wrote an article about Britton Covey in the spring, and I, I, I had one that I, I'd been working on for, for Devin Lloyd that I never got around to. Eventually, I'm sure I'll post it. But just he's so undefinable in terms of his impact on a game. You never know where it's going to come from. Is it going to become yes. a pass? Is it an interception? What Gosh. is it, right? So it's just, you know, <clears throat> we talk about all this stuff. Like, who's – there's a guy out there that's going to step up and be that guy for the offense. You know what I mean? And and I think, you know, I, I've seen some things out of can that I'm just like, uh, I'm kind of wondering, like, are you, are you pressing too much? You know, how much like you're, you're relying so much on the tight ends that I think kind of breaking him out of that shell and, and bigger than that, like breaking Andy Ludwig, who is a just absolutely brilliant offensive coordinator out of his just 12 personnel. These are the plays that we run and we only run these 16 plays. I think that's a great thing for this Utah offense because they really do need to be a little bit more, I don't want to say creative, but uh, diverse is what I want to be. 
Diverse is a good point, and it's actually a perfect segue into us talking about this Arizona State game. So you and I went back and watched the tape from this one. And, you know, one thing I really stressed in an article I have coming out for Zone here pretty soon is I thought this was Cam's best game of the season so far. I felt like personally he did a really good job of distributing the ball around to different playmakers. One thing I also loved is that he just didn't lock onto reads. That was something we saw a couple times versus Southern Utah that I didn't like is he would lock onto a read. I saw multiple times where he used his eyes to manipulate the defense, whether that's looking to the left. Do you want it? I think it was a key third and three on the third drive of the game. He looked to the right first. He wanted to go to Devon with to that ball all the way, but he wanted to get that linebacker to move over just those couple steps. And then he comes back over and gets it to Devon for the first time. So I like that he was getting the receivers involved. I thought he did a good job hanging in the pocket, did a better job in his drop in his dropbacks as well. So I personally was pleased with the developments I saw from Cam rising. Yeah. And I think some of it is <clears throat> Cam hears the the chatter, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, every, every player does. They can yeah. tell you they don't. Everyone hears it. It's impossible to avoid. Whether they don't check social media or not, someone's going to text them, whether it's a friend or family member, and they mm-hmm. hear it. So don't believe players when they tell you that they don't listen to the noise. They know. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and even if you don't hear it, you kind of know it, right? Like, there's this weird sixth sense where you just kind of like, you can kind of tell that like, man, I have been doing this too, too much or I have been doing that too much. And you can kind of see it. Like, you can kind of see it in the first drive. He was really amped up, really trying to overcome that slow start. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I still had to punt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's just so you know that he's really pressing hard because I think he knows for one, he knows how good he is, but for two, he knows how important this season is both to himself as a as a player individually and to his teammates. And 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 if there's one thing I know about Cam Rising, it's that he does not want to let his teammates down. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so he's gonna work and keep grinding and and pushing himself to be the best that he possibly can. I think he needs a little bit of an assist from Andy Ludwig for that though. Right. And That's I think some point. of his game planning, wow. and I think you saw, you know, I, I, I don't want to focus on drops too much, but you saw a couple of his wide receivers drop some yes. really easy balls mm-hmm. too, you know, and then that alone might've bumped his completion percentage up to 70 something percent or whatever True. it is that, you know, th- this chair jockey is, is demanding <laughs> over here. Um, <clears throat> but I think the, the bigger thing about it is just, he is, um, He is, I think, a secret perfectionist. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, gosh, yes. No, I 100% agree with that. You think it's a secret? I think he is a Well, I mean, like, you wouldn't think it kind of, like, based on his demeanor, I guess, is True. really what I'm trying to well, say. If you see right? a, I mean, if you see a photo of him, I think you get the perception totally wrong because he is a guy who cares so much about his teammates, as you just talked about as well, wants to go out there win, one of the hardest workers in the room. And when you have someone who kind of just stereotypically has hair like that, you kind of just don't associate yeah. them with that. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's exactly what the stereotype is, which I think when people look at, that's one of the reasons Camerizing became a meme at first to a lot of people because you're like, this is the guy lighten up the pack 12 and then you watch him play and you're like you're right it is well and, and I, there's a lot of those kinds of things right that he kind of does like the like we all you know the the big giant helmet meme that, yes. that kind of <laughs> came out of camp and he's got that look on his face and he's like hey like yeah. i'm so happy to be throwing a football yeah um and there's just there's a lot of that kind of stuff with him but like i think the bigger thing is that he does not want to let his teammates down you know what i mean and, and i think that that that's more than just um you know, it's more just than, you know, offense or defense or everything like that. It's, it's guys individually that, like, you know, guys like Devon Bailey that he knows he wants to get the ball to. Um, and, and so I just <clears> – I think – and we've talked about this before too. Like, he's still not played a ton of football, you know. Yeah. Like, like, he's played one season. one season. Yeah. How many NFL quarterbacks do you see that only play one season? 
I mean, it's not a lot. I mean, yeah, I guess Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow jumped in my head right away, but that was such a rare aberration where the dude was in college for how many years first anyway. <laughs> exactly, right? So so he got a ton, a ton, a ton of reps from a ton of different people in a he ton of different scenarios. He might even played scenarios. that year before at LSU. It just, he was just on He did. Head. So he played it towards, towards the end of the year at LSU, kind of played out of it, right? But nobody expected anything big from him. And so I think and that UCF hit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I think I think <laughs> we'll be on a dead point by the way and then we'll just get so far off track i know just pulls I know. the lever and just switches it on us that's why it's always chaos when we're out when we do this together <laughs> it's even worse on a, on a game broadcast oh, but like <laughs> in the best kind of way but exactly. I, I think the overall point like mm-hmm. utah's <laughs> we get so down on these games and we want to nitpick things and i'm like i'm looking yeah. at the score it's like it was 34 to 13 and it I probably should have been 40 something to 13 exactly like, or not even 13 should have been six, six. Mm-hmm. you know so like I, am i really complaining when you knock a pack like a not just a pack 12 team but a power five team to the dirt like that <sighs> no you're you absolutely know? right and I'll, I'll stick with the nitpicking but first i do want to say this one of my other tape takeaways from watching the tape was i was just so impressed with utah's defensive line i saw connor o'toole in zone read situations make plays that he simply just didn't make in week one so it was nice encouraging to see make that look it's a different kind of quarterback bringing him down as well but still a step in the right direction when you're looking at guys like for me sione vaki i think is a guy who's done a good job or not even or excuse me that's Sione vaki um by mahi has done a phenomenal job at defensive tackle simone simote peppa has done a phenomenal job i thought them junior tafuna just the job they did stifling the asu rushing attack was absolutely outstanding i just loved what i saw from utah's defensive tackles being able to take on two offensive linemen at one time is such a crucial aspect so i loved what i saw from them speaking of nitpicking some of the run blocking things as well as running backs missing holes that's just something i want to see cleaned up getting forward especially because against better defensive lines you're not always going to have those opportunities but at the end of the day you mentioned you saw still rush for over 200 yards in the game still had a rushing touchdown shout out to jaquindon jackson by the way so yeah. fun to see him on the field and that's a guy i've mentioned before i just wanted to see more jaquindon as soon as he got out there versus southern utah you just saw them that first run just such an electric player who makes things happen and all the credit in the world to him as well for being a team first guy and being willing there are so many quarterbacks who'd be like i am not playing running back so all the credit in the world for him being like coach get me out of there and i think he was on kickoff the week before too like he's just a guy who wants to be out there return as well yeah exactly which i just appreciate about him so much but brian what else stood out to you from the tape uh, Cole Bishop, obviously, oh my <laughs> like, like, and it's Honestly, not. Should have given a segment to him. But. Well, it, it's hard because, like, you, you you get zoomed in on certain things, and you just you get really impressed with the effort of the defensive line. You know, I thought, and and it was fun because I got to do a playback room where we were watching with people, and and you know, folks were asking like, why don't they have Van Fillinger in on pass rush? And I think it was the very play that like Connor O'Toole you know, rushed around the outside and just burned his, his tackle. Like he, Jonah Ellis, like there's so, there's a, just an absolute. Hey, how about Gabe Reed ju- rushing from the yeah, inside? Gabe Reed was, was a phenomenal great. touch. And That's a lot, a lot of NFL teams will do too, is they'll put their, some of their best pass rushers on the inside. Guards yeah. are traditionally not as good as pass blocking. Thought that was a great move by Utah. Yeah. It was, and, and I think that's that's one of those things where you're you're gonna see that based on uh, matchups, right? Yep. Like it's a good matchup for Gabe on that one, right? You know, last week it was it was Devin uh, Kafusi and, and Simone Peppa that were doing a really great job. You know, we saw some of Tennessee Pututau uh, against Arizona State. You just saw there's just a, a, an absolute wealth of 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 talent there, and and you're trying to find ways to get everybody reps and get everybody in the game, and and also try to get guys developed. So. I think that's the most impressive thing about Cole Bishop for, for me is, is week to week. He just gets so much more impressive, uh, both in terms of just causing havoc, you know, in whatever role he's doing, whether it's past defense, you know, his, 
his hit on Emory Jones, I thought was a textbook of like, yeah, hey, that's how you tackle quarterbacks. Yes, not a, not a, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And then, and for once, you know, Pac 12 refs got it right. Credit Congratulations to them. to them. Like, I'm the first one to be critical of them. We should give them a hallelujah. You know, there's praise, a lot of praise the Lombardi. You did a great job. A lot of them would have. So, credit to them. Yeah. Right. So that that was the bigger thing, and then just the overall defense as, as a whole. RJ Hubert doing a great job on on the knock That's loose, awesome. and and you know that was great. Clark's reception Clark. was phenomenal. Yeah, and I feel bad for him because if if the guy hadn't had his hand halfway down his face mask, he's probably in the end zone. You know exactly. So it, it really hard again. Another game, great job by the defense. You're starting to see, and and you have to wonder as Utah gets more confident in that defense, and as as that defense gets more confident in itself. Do they start to take the training wheels off a little bit on the offense? And 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 really, I think you're getting into the part of the schedule where you've got to start being uh, explosive early on as an offense, right? Because you're or Oregon State's going to be tough. UCLA's obviously coming into their own, and then it's the big one. Yeah, you know, night game at home at Rice Eccles against the <clears throat> Trojans. Yeah, it's a monumental slate the Utes have coming up. And you mentioned it, the U, but still, Utah's been rolling. The defense has been outstanding the last few weeks. The offense still been able to put up over 30 points in three weeks in a row has been something exciting to watch as well. So, Brian, what are your expectations, and how do you think this Saturday's game against the Beavers is going to play out? I think it's going to be a slugfest. You know, this is a physical Beavers football team. They're coming off a really tight game with USC, but I think that's, that's the unique part about it for Utah is that they know what it's like to be Oregon State where you're trying to establish yourself. And it's really hard to come off of those, I don't want to say big losses, but those tough losses, right? Where it's just like you're so close and you can almost taste it. So is Oregon State going to re-engage? Now, they're very, very talented up front on offense, right? Some real real talented earth movers. We saw Utah's defensive line really struggle against them last year. You have to believe that Junior Tafuna and his gang of uh, – feisty men are going to go you know full bore into this week and, and and try and kind of get a little revenge back um but i think i have a hard time you know like not seeing utah win this one by two scores you know i agree well especially i mean oregon state was one and five on the road on on the road last year like and it's tough to go into rice eccles and what did we see this now obviously oregon state is a big step up from san diego state but utah we saw how they avenged avenged their loss versus san diego state i expect this team to come in from the same mind with the same mindset this game as well and it's something we're going to talk about more in the week as well but i, I feel the same way brian yeah and, and i don't want to put you know the cart before the horse but i think even vegas has them as a pretty significant exactly if i'm not missing um and, and I'm I'm not using Vegas the best. is smart too. I'll be yeah. honest. Like I I was totally off on the line a couple weeks ago. I was so oh Michigan State is going to do well against mm-hmm. Washington. And how right was Vegas about that one? So Vegas there's State a reason that those casinos are bigger than anything that you and I have ever done. You know, yeah. so like like they got to know something that's going on there. But I think you know th- this is it's a bigger game. I think in terms of who who you are in terms of de- defining yourself as a team for Oregon state than it is for Utah for Utah. It is the next, you know, the next rung on the schedule. And and I just, I don't worry about this team when it's just another day at the office. I don't worry about them as well. I feel like they're going to do well. And we're going to be talking about that all week long on locked on Utes, but Brian, you did a really good job breaking down and kind of talking about a couple of things from this game. If people want to get a little bit of more of those breakdowns, where can they go? Uh, <laughs> Where can't they go? Um, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm all over the place these days. I, I, I try to throw some some content out on Twitter. 
Uh, you can always check Utah, Utah Blogcast, all that kind of stuff where, where I'm kind of here bits and pieces. Um, just, you know, trying to help out here on, on Locked on Utes. So I'm kind of a little homeless these days. It just is you know, moving and, and all sorts of other things have been happening. Um, but best is always find me on Twitter at Brown Bear SLC. Make sure you guys head over there. Give him a follow. Give us a follow as well. At J- I'm at JT Wichersville as well as Locked On Utes. Love to hear with you guys from you guys in the comments as well. Appreciate you guys for always liking and subscribing. And we appreciate you as always making us your first listen every day. But if you're in the market for a second listen every day, head over to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Host Spencer McLaughlin will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Tons of great guests on there reacting from Saturday's action as well as previewing the games this upcoming Saturday and what figures to be another fun exciting Saturday. So appreciate Brian Brown as always for joining us. That's it for today's Locked On Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.